Join me, Harriet Gould, for the Lab Matters podcast to hear fascinating stories every week from the inspiring people behind the science. Join us in this episode to hear the secret behind why managing consultant Julie DiMarco considers her 30-year career to be an ongoing gift and hear how being a woman in science is more equal now than it was when she started out. So um, today we've got Julie DiMarco. Um, Julie, hello Julie, thanks for coming. Hello. Very nice to have you here. Now, um, Julie works in Cambridge and is in charge of the food and drinks division for Europe at the PA Consulting Global Innovation Centre. And thank you so much, honestly, for finding the time. I don't know how you've managed it. Um, It's such a big job. um, And you've had nearly 30 years of working in manufacturing and technology and innovation to, to get there, to get where you are today. Um, and where you are today is that you are responsible for leading innovation programs from concept all the way through to commercialization. Um, and you advise companies on growth strategies, consumer research and intellectual property. Um, and, and I say companies, I should specify that includes startups as well as multinational corporations. Um, but before we move into your first job and the whole of your career, let's. Um, I think it would be fun to perhaps just learn a little bit more about you and go back to where it all started. Um, and you were born in Greece. Um, were, were your parents scientists? Thanks for asking, Harry. Um, I was born in Greece and um, we do have a family with many engineers and scientists, um, but not my parents. So my dad uh, was a fighter pilot in the Greek Air Force. Um, So quite a technical job. Um, And we have uh, many, so I have uh, many doctors and engineers in uh, in the greater family. Uh, I actually, I have my mother's brother who, became uh, such a famous doctor that he has a disease after my mom's maiden name. So it's Cooney syndrome. So there are some genetic uh, influences there for sure. And um, I know for myself that uh, since I was in the early stages of the elementary school, I, I knew that science would be the future for me and science technology was the place where it was uh, happy for me and uh, instead of taking energy from me it actually energizes me so when you were describing the the job and the the 30 years of uh, work um, it sounded like oh I'm, I'm busy and I do quite a lot and I may be tired but when you really enjoy this journey and you see the consequences in the society and the future of humanity, uh, it gives you so much energy. So I'm, I'm really thankful that I'm, I'm well and I was healthy enough to work for 30 years and develop all these uh, patents and innovations and uh, novel things at the time that we now take for granted. And uh, hopefully, I'll have the the energy and health to do it for a few more years. Indeed, 
I mean, you said it, but it was elementary school that you you were able to recognize the the fact that that this type of career and this type of work energized you. I mean, that's that's quite insightful for someone at elementary school. I think. Did you have a teacher that helped bring that out of you or help you recognize it? I don't have a single teacher uh, that I can remember from so early on. Uh, but I do remember being fascinated by reading stories of um, ancient astronomers and what they, what they found. For example, there was a, an ancient Greek guy in ancient Egypt who managed to calculate at the time the circumference of the Earth just by looking at the shadow of the sun inside a large web and the shades of obelisks different times of year and um, how could someone find something that even today would be quite hard and if you think that <laughs> it, it's laughable really that even today some people think that the earth is still flat and someone thousands of years ago knew how to calculate <laughs> the, the circumference. And uh, then there were other stories of uh, mathematicians that would look at the stars in ancient times and would be able to predict where a new planet would appear in the sky um, just by using, uh, well, they didn't have pen and paper then, but whatever they had, <laughs> uh, that was so fascinating to me. Um, and of course, the fact that we now have uh, vaccines that uh, made the uh, dreadful disease disappear. Uh, how can you not be fascinated with that? And the fact that you can be part of this uh, huge technical volume of uh, people that uh, are usually quite low-key. They don't have to be famous like artists, but it doesn't matter because uh, they feel this energy when they work. Mm. It's so interesting. I mean, I, I, I just wish for everyone to feel that kind of energy when they work. It's almost as if for you it was a vocation, an unequivocal vocation. Um, Definitely, I, I think that uh, my work is my hobby. Yeah, that's a that's a real joy to, to be in that position. It's a gift, indeed. You got a uh, your BSc in chemistry in Athens, is that right? Yes, yes, many and, years. Ago. <laughs> um, still in this lifetime. Um, so, um, do, do you do you remember much of your your time at university? Do, do, were there any standout bits where you thought, "My God, chemistry is the one"? So, um, so throughout my my school years, I just wanted to study any science, even maths. I was uh, fascinated, as I explained. So any science we do, at the time, um, now we have degrees that offer natural sciences and you can uh, you can learn uh, sciences uh, as a whole. Um, back then, and I think even now, universities in Greece, you still have to specialize early on. Um, I was uh, very, I'm very thankful that with the progress 
uh, we have in the science sector, um, the physics and chemistry and biology and maths are now more merged. So even though I still practice uh, uh, pure chemistry very often at my work now, and uh, I'm, I'm very pleased, I'm in an environment where other physicists and chemists work together to, to discover new science. Uh, everyone knows now that all the sciences have merged and uh, without uh, physics, you cannot do chemistry anymore. Without chemistry, you cannot do physics anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're so blessed this way that today that we have all these online resources that we can keep educating ourselves. And thanks to technology again, we are perpetual students of everything. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's, a, it's amazing. Back when I was uh, in my 20s at my university, I, I hadn't seen this coming. I'm really grateful that uh, people develop all these uh, online resources. And um, Wikipedia, for example, it's okay. Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, any any online uh, resources, the, they have just changed the face of science and uh, they have given us so much ability to develop technologies so fast. Do you not worry that there's an inaccuracies online, that, that, that you'd have to have a certain degree of understanding to even verify if what you're reading is accurate? I am worried. I am worried. And uh, for scientists like uh, me and my team, um, we're well uh, equipped to be able to cross verify well enough mm -hmm. um, what we read online. I, I do appreciate it's not the same for everyone. So without uh, governments and institutions focusing on this, um, we will have to suffer for a few more years from fake science and fake news. Mm. It feels a little bit of a precarious couple of years we're going to have to encounter. Um, but before we go back to that, let's let's um, go back to your your degree, your life as a student. And after 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 you did your um, BSc, you were you moved from Athens. Is that and then is that when you moved to England? Yes, I I only came to the UK for a year initially to study. Food science and engineering. Uh -huh. um, and uh, at the time, I just had to choose uh, uh, a, a more specific discipline to specialize upon. And I, I chose uh, food and beverages because uh, at the time, I thought I would go back to Athens to work there. And um, the food industry there is quite strong and there would be lots of opportunities for me. But um, um, I guess we can never plan our life. Things uh, happen uh, maybe randomly, uh, or maybe we uh, we influence uh, our future without realizing. But uh, I ended up uh, staying because uh, I I just randomly applied for a job in uh, in Cambridge at the Global Research Center for Kerry Foods at the time. 
and um, I, I loved it. And uh, I I stayed without ever planning to stay. Um, and Cambridge is a beautiful city, so I don't blame you. <laughs> yes, and it's a, it's a very nice uh, bubble for scientists because um, not many places in the world you can have a neighborhood where you randomly meet people and they <laughs> and then you realize that all societies yeah. <laughs> concentrated bubble of science and technology in a place like this. I guess it is pretty unusual. Um, so that's it. You were working, you, you, you'd started your career. So you, you um, got your BSc in Athens. You moved for your MSc in food science. That was at the University of Leeds. Um, and then you applied for the job in Cambridge. You got it and that was it. You were here. You were here to stay, even though you hadn't planned to. Um, and so that and was that, that was at um, Dalgetty Food Ingredients. Is that yeah. right? Uh, taken over by Cherry Foods. Okay, um, and then and then you moved to a few other places. You worked at Foss. Um, what was you were doing? What was it? It says end to end, end to end analytic solutions enabling businesses to run intelligent, intelligent, data driven, high yield processes. Um, now, all the clever people listening will know exactly what that means, but um, just for my just for my benefit, <laughs> just um, give me a little bit more insight into what that what that means in reality day to day. So it was um, so traditionally we have uh, laboratory equipment. So when I was uh, back in university, um, the the chemical analysis um, of the 80s and 90s were based on uh, automatically replacing what we used to do in uh, wet chemistry in labs. So thankfully, technology progressed enough to have all these amazing uh, lab innovations and uh, these uh, automated and super fast analytical instruments. Uh, that have transformed science in so many ways. Um, so back then, when I went for the role in Fox, the trend was that gradually, uh, more and more wet chemistry from uh, lab units or um, sometimes the lab sections of quality control in um, the food industry was uh, moving from the chemistry lab into the production line. So this is a trend that uh, is now continuing and advancing uh, rapidly. And uh, at the time for me, it was very fascinating because it was so cutting edge. And uh, it, um, it actually formed a brand new science called Chemometrics. So this uh, company called FOSS is, is a global uh, multinational uh, high-tech company that uh, also uh, created uh, new university courses in Denmark where they're based. Um, and what that is, is linked to what we were discussing earlier about the merging of sciences and math. So it uses statistics from math and chemistry and the technology of this uh, 
lab novel pieces of equipment to to do what many of my clients used to think it was magic when I was explaining it in the past. So I was um, traditionally at the time working with uh, alcoholic beverage manufacturers and um, they couldn't understand how I was promising to them that we would have beer in, uh, in a vial and within 30 seconds. I would uh, give them, using this uh, instrument, I would give them 10 different analytical parameters in terms of uh, ethanol, um, sugars, all these um, parameters that we would normally take a whole day to find and detect. And um, the, the way uh, Fox did it was uh, we take, let's say, beer, we uh, shine some uh, specific light from a lamp source, uh, usually infrared, through the vial. And by detecting how the beer absorbs the light, by using the statistics and then more developed chemometrics, you can uh, analyze for all these parameters within seconds. So I was. Uh, naturally drawn to this technology and I ended up uh, working for Fox for six years so many trips to to Hilro, the lovely place in Denmark uh, many amazing discussions with uh, uh, hardware electronics specialists um, chemists physicists uh, statisticians and uh, we developed together some uh, amazing instruments that are keep, um, keeping uh, developed and advanced uh, today. So from, uh, uh, from alcoholic beverages and uh, originally the whole, I think the, the original application was uh, wheat. Uh, so the more, how do we get the moisture analysis of wheat? But now, of course, I do lots of projects at work where we, we are capable of uh, uh, developing very bespoke uh, automated uh, analyzers for a very broad uh, range of industries. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. you can see why I was drawn into that Danish company so yeah. much. Indeed. Um, and, and where you work now is PA Consulting. Um, and, you know, you didn't go straight there. There have been lots and lots, but I, I, I expect we haven't quite got time to go into every single job. Um, although we had, I should say that we did work together for a short time at the Royal Society of Chemistry. And that, that was that was great fun um, because it meant that I met you. Um, so, so then when, when, when did you first start at PA? I can't remember now. It was eight years ago. Back in uh, 2015. So it was interesting because uh, when I went to work for the Royal Society of Chemistry, um, I thought uh, of such an amazing place connecting uh, academia with uh, startups and SMEs and large multinationals. And um, it was great fun to meet you and everybody else in this amazing institution. Uh, however, uh, when I saw the 
and understood what PA consulting does to adult or even even in my older age, in my fifties, um, I could still go and uh, go back to the basics of chemistry and maths. And maybe I wasn't ready to uh, to leave my graphs and uh, result interpretation and uh, go and work on to a more networking type of role. Um, so yeah, maybe I thought that uh, I would feel younger again. And uh, I think I was right. This is what happened. Um, so I threw myself into the basics of science once again. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 very pleased to say that all the people shouldn't be afraid to to go back into the basics. And PA Consulting offers this uh, because uh, the multidisciplinary team type of work we do there, it means that uh, sometimes I'm a chemist just uh, advising an engineering program why things may not be working and explain fundamental chemistry to engineers. And uh, the other way around, in my chemistry projects, I may get an engineer ex explaining something about uh, why a specific uh, piece of equipment needs to change parameters for the chemistry to work. So I'm so blessed that I, I learn every day, even uh, way into my 50s now. Well, I'm surprised. I can't help it. I'm surprised that you think that being in your 50s is even vaguely old. <laughs> I, I, it's, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that that's the case necessarily. Um, but I'm glad you felt revitalized going back into the, into the basics of chemistry again. Um, and it's all quite top secret work that you do because you're at PA, isn't it? You're, you're not. Consultancy is typically um, involved in very confidential projects because uh, the global industry players. Uh, very often come to us because they want to invent something and launch it in 10 years time and uh, it needs to be secret um, and uh, I know it's not good for open innovation but uh, without it and without the commercial interest maybe large multinationals wouldn't be as uh, uh, keen to invest many millions in things that would uh, potentially save humanity from uh, uh, climate change uh, or uh, humans themselves from pandemics. Uh, you can imagine that a lot of our work is around uh, sustainability and uh, inventing uh, new packaging. So I'm very proud that uh, many of my projects are going to save the future world like hundreds of thousands of uh, plastic uh, mats. Um, but uh, we also have um, uh, projects dealing with uh, uh, the supply chain disruption from uh, either COVID or from uh, the war, uh, or the wars, I should say, sadly. Um, and uh, we need to keep working for a more sustainable, more cost-efficient uh, future uh, to keep uh, bringing food on the table for 
many different generations to come. We also have many projects that uh, look into wellness. So consumers uh, are more and more demanding. They want to achieve health through nutrition. Um, so obviously these uh, projects are uh, very important for the future of humanity. And generally, every time we use technology for the future of humanity uh, and making it more positive, uh, you can see that how all my teams are so energized and motivated to do their best. So we do have uh, scientists that would happily work all weekends and they would prefer to do that uh, compared to socializing sometimes. Um, and I, I do have colleagues that uh, don't retire even, even though I know they could because of uh, this uh, energy and passion to help humanity. Um, we also have lots of projects uh, meeting uh, the needs of the new generations because our kids are gonna grow up in a very different world and we need to be prepared for that too. Um, yeah, lots of exciting, super exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, it, it it is really exciting. I mean, what I wonder is, you know, you said you uh, that um, people consumers are more demanding when it comes to um, being healthy through nutrition. What what do you think is driving that? Is it is it because that's possible to achieve that nowadays, or is it is it a messaging situation? What I mean, where's it coming from from your perspective? Well, we do complain about uh, all the wrong things we can see online, but uh, we can see a lot of uh, correct things online too. So the cons consumer today is a lot more educated about what is going into food and the food they eat. And uh, there's the very strict regulations about the ingredients labeling and the nutrition information on the, the packaging. So more and more people start understanding what uh, what they read and uh, how sugar or fat affects them and the different conditions that uh, they may get. So you think the, the the actual baseline of understanding has increased? It's elevated massively, massively, which is uh, so positive, isn't it? Yeah, uh, because uh, we have so many diseases like. Uh, cancer that is directly linked to obesity and which is directly linked to what we eat and understanding what we eat and what we should be combining together. So it's brilliant that the consumers demand this uh, uh, wellness through, through what they eat and through their habits and uh, for the children that they're growing up and they need to be educated too. Um, so we're not allowed to talk about anything super sensitive or um, confidential. Um, so we should talk about some of the other things that you notice when you're working in um, in in this environment. Um, I mean, you said, you know, you bump into neighbours and they happen to be scientists. You do this for a hobby. Um, and it, it all sounds really wonderful and almost idyllic, to be honest, and, and something we can all dream of, perhaps. Um, has it there, there been anything that hasn't been quite so wonderful? Have there been particular challenges? I... 
along the way? Yes, yes. So uh, in my quest uh, to help humanity, I had to move countries many times. I had to place myself in uh, uh, factories in the Netherlands for months or uh, a huge amount of traveling around the world. Um, so this uh, came with uh, a lot of uh, tiredness and uh, and hard work that uh, was not always a hundred percent pleasant. And um, I often found myself um, in uh, Zoom calls like this one, where there was a huge team of fifty people talking, and uh, I'm. Sometimes I'm the only uh, female there, which is um, which is uh, it comes with its uh, pros and cons. So I I can tell that I'm, I remember years ago I called uh, someone and uh, his secretary told me. Um, Whose secretary are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was interesting to navigate in in a male dominated um, uh, industry, uh, and uh, you have to use uh, coping techniques of uh, how to to make uh, uh, the fact that I'm different, uh, how to to use it to my advantage. And uh, it's it's very often that I see that uh, a, a main group of uh, uh, people in the board, they're surprised to see me talking about uh, uh, chemistry innovations, uh, but also at the same time, I think they may, uh, they may remember me more at the end, the, the, the person that came dressed in a, in a red or purple dress that looked different. Um, so yeah, I've had some uh, interesting times. Uh, I remember that uh, another example that was, uh, I thought was very funny. Um, years ago, I, I had my own startup and um, and that was it. Was that that was a scientific startup as well? It was a, yeah. It was an analytical instrument startup that I managed uh, for five years before selling it. Uh, very successful. And I remember that I would explain to people when I went to visit them to to sell my products. Uh, I would uh, explain that I am uh, the owner of the company, the CEO, and. Uh, I, I could tell that they didn't believe me. And they would, uh, halfway through the conversation, they would say, um, yeah, we can have another chat uh, with your boss next time. And I would say, yeah. Yeah, uh, we, I can bring more people from my team, um, but I, I am the CEO of the company. <laughs> so I, I, I could see that either they couldn't, uh, digested, or maybe I was too young at the time, or maybe because I was years ago, and maybe 
they thought I was lying. I don't know, but I was so interesting. It but, is interesting. <laughs> I can't imagine. If, I, I can't imagine taking anything other than at face value if somebody said that they in the company. I I don't think I'd <laughs> question it, particularly based on gender. I think that throughout my career, I, I can see a shift, and especially uh, recently, I think the pandemic helped a lot. It, it was a sad thing that happened, but uh, it helped uh, uh, women, mainly mothers, I think, more, because uh, a lot of, in the past, we didn't have Zoom calls or um, all these uh, Teams, innovations that uh, help us to do meetings uh, across the, the globe without actually having to travel. So I think a lot of uh, uh, women enjoyed this uh, uh, equalizing technology because uh, uh, in the past they were seen as uh, uh, too involved with the household to travel as much as men. Mm -hmm. Um, but now it doesn't matter as much because mm. uh, we can have meetings in Amsterdam in the morning and New York in the afternoon and then still be able to cook for your family in the evening. Yeah, I think it has made a massive difference. I think you're absolutely right in multiple ways of being able to communicate. Um, it's a game changer for sure. And of course, you have got a family um you're 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 married to um mark marcus and you've got two children um one of them's also quite scientifically minded i believe um so you've managed to navigate it all without zoom and come out the other end <laughs> which i find quite quite extraordinary um before we finish i just wanted to um just ask you about some of the pressure um, from well, the professional pressure that you have to um, handle at work, because be, it being being a consultant um, does mean that you have to come up with the goods. Um, and I've heard you describe it before, like it it's like a playtime. You know that the bigger the challenge, the greater the fun you have. <laughs> um, but I mean, is is that always the case? And if it is. Lucky you, but just talk me through. Just talk me through that process a little bit before. It's definitely not always fun. Okay. Um, we so the difference between uh, consulting and uh, doing a PhD is that uh, we may have to deliver the same uh, uh, level of uh, difficulty or results in uh, fractions of time, mm -hmm. and. Um, it's something that we're very well uh, trained to do, but uh, I went into consultancy when I was uh, uh, older, so I was a child of the industry. And uh, in the beginning, it was uh, it was very very difficult to understand how can I uh, become expert into something by pulling technologies within two weeks and. Uh, be able to contribute to the project that needs green technologies. Um, it's surprising um, uh, how quickly the human brain adapts to different situations. And uh, the teams we have now are really well trained to deliver uh, 
delightful result uh, in a very short period of time. And uh, I, I now know how to turn all these challenges into fun and this and see the whole thing as a game. Because um, for me, science and technology is very similar to a crossword that you, you have someone gives you all these clues and you have to discover the answer. Um, and then you, you put the time element and then you have to solve the crossword in a specific amount of time which is to make it more exciting. And the more exciting and fun, the more happy you are at the end when you actually solve the problem. Um, so maybe scientists are people that maybe have children like brain and they like playing maybe i don't know trying to explain it sometimes yeah i think that's lovely i think um the 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 bigger the challenge the greater fun and the, the the sense of satisfaction at the end i mean we all know if we've got nothing to do and we achieve nothing we don't have any sense of pride or satisfaction and and it's exactly the other way around when you've had everything to do and you've achieved all of it we can all be very very proud of ourselves and have a pat on the back <laughs> exactly. or a promotion in your case as it's often the case as it's often the case yes but um, uh, yeah. yeah yeah maybe I haven't thought of that I think I think the satisfaction I get is mainly from uh, the actual technical challenges mm -hmm. and uh, how happy clients can be at the end when they came to us thinking that something is extremely difficult or possibly or, or yeah halfway through the conversation they may say we wanted that but we know this is almost impossible and then we say actually are you sure we think we may be able to tackle it and uh, when they see actually being delivered and see how happy they are this is a, it's a huge reward yeah indeed it sounds like it um so I think really just before we end I wonder if you've got any thoughts about um what's next I mean you said already before that our children are going to be growing up in very different worlds from those that we grew up the world that we grew up in um so I mean we've got a lot to choose from that seems to be spoken about a lot nowadays like um you know I don't know um an economy around climate change or um uh, artificial intelligence um what what give us give us a little insight into what you think about the future and what's going to sink or swim yes uh, so what, when you uh, work in uh, technology innovations like me you sometimes tend to forget the, the human side and the human lens and uh, this is one of the reasons why i like consultancy so much and I ended up uh, sticking with it for eight years because um, the innovation won't be successful unless uh, there's a market in the future that uh, will find it relevant. And uh, the human brain of the new generations are so different. So we have this uh, fantastic group in London called Human Insight, and uh, it's the it's the job to understand uh, to consumer research, uh, what technological different populations uh, need and what they may need in the future. And uh, 
it's always fascinating how different generations said is to every previous generation. I think that um, the the fact that they have uh, so many resources in their pocket because of these phones um, has uh, created uh, a very new breed of people and trying to trying to understand what they would be expecting in 10 and 20 years uh, is really fascinating for me. So AI, of course, uh, will become very substantial, um, but also um, how they they will they think of the social interactions in a very very different way we do, and they can uh, have uh, friends that they talk to on Saturday evening and have a beer with, but one may be in Russia and the other one is uh, in Canada. And they exchange real-time conversations about what people in Russia think and what people in Israel think at the same time as I read the BBC News. Mm. Um, has, uh, has made them very, very different. And their understanding of the world is very different. And the world has shrunk for them. And uh, their culture is uh, a lot more global. And uh, we need to be prepared for this. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, I hope very much we are going to be prepared. And it kind of makes me feel a little bit safer knowing that you're, you're on the case with all of it. Um, so thank you, Julie. It's been such a joy having you tell us all about it um, and getting to know you a little bit more and hopefully lots of other people getting to know you more will have made their day as well. So thank you once again. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for the chat.